This week on the Open Esters podcast with Philip and Bianca. And as a matter of fact, the pastor who married us, he gave us a book on how to love each other and he got divorced. So we just threw that book away too. You just have to be who you are and understand each other. We saw um, in a magazine and be in the same office together and people are like, ugh, how can you sit in the same room with each other and then go home and I'm like, I love it. I can't get enough of Philip. I just love being yeah, in the we, same we, room. We had some friends a few years ago. He was uh, very successful and decided to retire. And his wife turned to be angry. So, oh, my God, what am I going to do when he's at home? I, I have to go like... shopping. I have to get my nails done. I have to meet my girlfriend. Ew. So... Welcome to the Open Nesters podcast. I'm Tessa. And I'm Amir. And we are the Open Nesters rather than empty nesters. How will you write Act 3 of your life? Together with wise guest experts, individuals and partners just like you, we will go on a journey and discover how rich this stage of life, Act 3, can be. Having space for yourself and having space for your partner and encouraging that. What's the best way to prepare yourself for opening a new door? It's to pause. This woman came down with two guys and she introduced them as her husband and her boyfriend. This is what I want. Life keeps on living. Step into that. Today we're going to hear from Bianca and Philip, and they originally had a Let's Talk Mom blog and radio program, which I was interviewed on many years back. And I followed their incredible, incredible, touching journey. So we are excited to have them on tonight. Yeah, I'm excited to hear their interview simply because I've heard the pre-interviews you've done. And I want to really hear how a couple really coping with overcoming cancer while still eyeing the open nest that is about to come. So let's hear it from Bianca and Philip. So welcome to the Open Nesters podcast, Bianca and Philip. We're so excited to have you Absolutely. with us. Absolutely. Welcome. How are you doing this evening? Doing great. Doing Thank great. you Thank for you. having us. Thank you for having us. So we're going to start with the idea that you have this Let's Talk Mom program for a long time, and that's how I found you, mm-hmm. and that you are people that are going through so many different stages and transitions in life and the Open Nesters is all about those transitions in addition to becoming an empty nester, as people know it, that we like to call open and open to what's possible through some of these transitions. So your son left, if you want to just mention that, and, your kid's age, how, you're, how long you're married, and do you want to add And that, that you know, tie that into also a short introduction about yourself. Yourselves, yes. Okay. So uh, Philip and I have been married for 21 years, and we have a 28-year-old son who's going to be 29 next month, and um, and a 15-year-old daughter. Uh, you were mentioning, you know, when he left the house because we're talking about open nesters, and he left at 26. He found a wonderful career as a Blackhawk engineer, and sometimes people shine at different times in their lives, and I think it was also very comfortable to be at home because we all like being together. We weren't pushing and he wasn't going. And so it all worked out for everybody. And it was great for his baby sister. So when it did happen, when he was 26, it was two days before Thanksgiving. And it actually put 
our entire family into shock. So I think we're still trying to get over it. It's been two years that he's been away. And uh, we just visited him in North Carolina for New Year's Eve because they wouldn't let him come home. And he's going to be deployed soon in the coming months. And so they just don't let anybody leave the area. So we went to him. We have always had just such a wonderful and close marriage and relationship. And uh, we actually actually enjoy being with our kids and our kids enjoy being with us, which is one of the things that's made us such a close knit family. Uh, And your daughter's in high school, right? She's 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 a junior, sophomore. Okay, sophomore. Yeah. Um, And as being said, our our son was living at home and and he was in one job and he didn't really like that. So he went to another one and then he went to a third and then he he found his he found his path. And And he's very, very happy. Right. So he's shining there now and he really loves it. But the way we met we actually only saw each other 46 days. Philip lived in England and I lived here and our, uh, a mutual friend introduced us and we met on Father's Day a long time ago. And uh, I just knew he was the one. I, I just knew. And then uh, he- Love at first sight. It was. And he came over to the United States and we spent four days together and we decided we were going to get married. And then we flew back and forth on weekends. And so we actually only saw each other for 46 days. And then uh, that was 21 years ago. And I know people were at the wedding going, this is never going to last. Philip's wife had (laughs) passed away. And so they were like, oh, he is like in trauma or rebound. And... But she passed away a few years before. Yeah. And And so so then they moved over here and we were together. Uh, It was just it was so beautiful to be together that we also worked together. We had the radio show together. I started the Let's Talk Mom when our daughter went to kindergarten. And uh, we've had it over 10 years and everything was great until we found out that Philip had stage three cancer. It was aggressive cancer. And actually a big part of the show and the stories on the blog went to the journey because it actually changed everything in our family well, uh, strangely as well or coincidentally or fortuitously whichever the right statement is as we found out that i'd been diagnosed with with cancer uh, we received a phone call from boston scientific that said it's Prostate Cancer Awareness Month Mm. and we've been um, reviewing shows online and we've found your show and we'd love to get a prostate cancer doctor to talk about prostate cancer and I'd just been diagnosed. Like two weeks earlier, it was weird. They came to us and said, can we be on your show? Mm -hmm. So it was great. It was a one hour interview. And it was five years ago where nobody really talked about it. There weren't a lot of ads out or anything. It wasn't as prevalent as it is now. And so we got a one-hour interview with a, a world-class leading doctor from the um, major Lennox Hospital, Lennox actually. Hospital from mm-hmm. New York, and and asked all the questions we wanted to ask about um, sexual problems that may arise from the surgery or the, or the radiation or the chemotherapy, what to expect, and we had all this information, which we, is now on our uh, website as as a podcast, so that people can go back to that and listen if they've mm-hmm. been diagnosed with prostate cancer. Yeah, that really was the um, beginning of our journey. And it explained so many things because we rushed into everything. We're like, well, what about radiation? What about, you know, sexual dysfunction? What about this? And he's like, whoa, 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 you need to slow down. There are three stages and you haven't even gotten to stage one yet. And we're like, what does that mean? And they said, well, first we have to look at whether there is surgery or not. And Philip did have to have the radical prostatectomy. And then that did just change so much in our lives. And then he did have to have the hormone replacement and chemo care. And then he did have to have 40 rounds of radiation. 
and when it metastasized again, more radiation. So wow. when he went through the radical prostatectomy, uh, five years ago, it was five years ago in January on the 14th. So it's like, oh my God, it's, it's, it still so feels right. so new. Yeah. And so when that happened, um, we had already started the blog story and the radio shows about that for everybody. And the surgeon came up to me and he said, I saw your blog and he said, it's so amazing how open you are about everything that you're talking about as a couple and what Philip's going through and what you're going through as a caregiver. So many men suffer in silence. And when he said that, I mean, I just got goosebumps now. It's been five years and I've told other people about that too. And I always get goosebumps because so many men do suffer in silence. It, I mean, now you see all the ads. I mean, we actually comment and remark on it all the time that there are so many ads radio on the tv all about prostate cancer we just watched a show the other day and they they made some like comment about oh you're having a prostate oh that that the that movie with um pierce brosnan and it, it came up in the movie and i was like prior to five years ago nobody ever talked about it and so the doctor the surgeon said i'm so glad that you put all of this out there and that you're so candid about it because it's really been a misery do you think one of the reasons that you are so candid about it, aside from the radio show, it obviously has to do with your personalities, but was that going through it with a more openness and, and connection and intimacy part of what you were going, helping to, to heal? I mean, was it part yes. of your healing? Oh, yes, yeah. we're, very, we're very open with each other yeah. about everything. Um, you know, if something's um, bothering either of us because of the treatment we're going through, um, you know, some of the treatment caused mood swings with me, and I had a few moments where I was very unreasonable, and afterwards Bianca would be like, hey, you know, this happened. I'm like, oh, my God, really? Did I do that? She said, yes, in the middle of the parking lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, in the lot, middle of a carnival. In the middle yeah. of a carnival. Um, whereas a lot of people may just harbor um, a grievance and say, oh, they were unreasonable. And then yeah. that causes more festering of problems that then explode at a later date right. for something that's not necessary we've always been very open and honest with, with each other yeah. um and that's what's I, I i've met many people many men who've gone through this i've met through the hospitals that have said oh my wife left me oh yeah yes, you hear yeah, that often I, a, lot, a lot yeah oh a lot. yeah the prostate cancer so has, has a devastating effect on the sex life and so yeah. my wife left me and yeah. you know i hear hear this so many times and it's very very sad yeah and so what happened with the carnival is actually a um like you were talking about how we communicate with each other the um oncologist had given philip a very strong chemo injection uh, a chemical therapy like a a hormone replacement therapy drops testosterone which the cancer feeds off of and it it, one of the side effects is irritation and grumpiness in the extreme manner guilty as charged yeah so saying it mildly yeah so philip is never like that philip is just very even keeled he's very kind he's very english he's very reserved so i was like oh no this is not gonna be my philip right so in the middle of the carnival you just had this injection and i kid you not like i don't know i was stuck parking the car or something happened and and he just starts yelling in the middle of carnival but this is a carnival in our town so like everyone knew us and I'm like, you need to sell was on the phone. You need to settle down. It's like, I'm not going to settle down. Where are you? So what we did with that, uh, I went 
I rescued him, threw him in the car and we left. Okay. <laughs> but what we learned from it was our key word, our signal word is carnival. So like if, if he starts getting grumpy and irritated because of that medication, I would just look at him and I'm like, and he's like oh yeah and everything would simmer down but interestingly that was five years ago he has never had that kind of rise of irritation since he just never has he is so on it and he even says to the oncologist i am very aware of when i feel stressed or irritated where i just want to you know burst out with upset and he said and i just i just calmed down and really we've never had nothing, i would say nothing like that and you haven't had any kind of uh, therapy to figure that out that was just oh, on no. your own oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. the radio vagabond if you like to travel but haven't really been able to too much in recent times let me do it for you The ultimate destination for armchair travelers who are looking for inspiration to get out into the real world and let loose their wanderlust. So far, I've been to almost 100 countries, so I'm halfway in my quest to visit every country in the world. Join me, and maybe you'll get some inspiration for your next trip. The Radio Vagabond. Gotta keep moving. Well, I have, um, I have a question here. I mean, you are very close-knit family and how uh, when your son left a couple years ago yeah. how did that affect the entire uh, condition of philip how did it how did it affect the entire dynamic in the family oh. now that you he's leaving and you know you're kind of like half empty nesters and you are now dealing with that can you go back yes. to that and tell yeah, us sure. about that moment yeah and, and interestingly the first year that he was away I was the one that was like, that, that's my son, I'm so proud, you know, I'm Bianca. I was a wreck. Bianca was a wreck. Yeah. The yeah. second year, once, once we got through the, sec- the second Christmas, um, he went away, came home for the Christmas break, went away again, and I couldn't handle it. I was like, oh my God, he's gone away, and Bianca was and like, And I was oh, so proud. And she's so proud of him because so great. he matured. He's, he's matured so, so adorable. much in the first year. Yeah, and it was amazing. Like, he's, he's, he's got his wings. Yes, I he, felt good. Yeah. He, and I was the one that was like, but I miss him. I know. He needs to come home enough now because now he's, now he's, you know, he's a away. 10 hour drive away. So, oh. so it did affect us in different ways. And we're now into our third year. And I think we're both at the point now of, you know, he's, he's gone, but it, it isn't emptiness. Um, you know, it's his, we're very proud. His bedroom, when he left, he said to his younger sister, well, you get my bedroom now, which is slightly larger than yours. And she said, no, that's your room. Right. So we didn't touch it for a year and a half. It actually only was a few months ago that we changed it right. to from brown to aqua and seafoam. And he did come back for a visit in September, October. September, yeah. And he was like, wow, this is wow. like beautiful mermaid <laughs> but even land. Our, but, you even, know? <laughs> but even our daughter said, no, that's, that's his room. It's his and room. I'm not moving it. Yeah. So we put a desk in there on the TV and she would sometimes go in there to do some homework. Or but watch she would come movie, right out she would come out and she would always sleep in her room. Yeah. And then if she had a, we, we then put two beds into that room so she could have friends over for sleepovers. Mm-hmm. And then she would only sleep in that room when her friend was only over for the weekend. Sleepovers. And then it kind of gradually transformed. It's now 
her room and her well, old room is like an office for her you know where yeah. she wants to go but I, wanted, I, what it, I wanted to comment though on what you said before before we go further with your daughter because i know that she also has a project that's brought your family together that is a beautiful project i i wanted to mention what you were saying about this transition time and how you each responded differently and i think that's an important aspect of any openness just to kind of realize that we all respond so differently and how oh, yeah. we accept that is so important as far as our our perspective of not one way it's not right or wrong for us to have different feelings and different responses and it was it was great for you to just make that very illustrate that point so well because people sometimes feel like what are you you know getting upset about what are you getting upset about and then it right. becomes so nuanced rather than an explicit discussion of you know what there'll be different times that we'll all have different feelings and we need to accept that it's almost like, i don't know if you know the the poem by rumi but i call emotions from him, the guest house, mm -hmm. and, and welcoming all our emotions. It's a mindfulness technique, too. So mm -hmm. welcoming all of our emotions, and that's what you just expressed so well. And I did want to just bring that home because sometimes people don't realize that they're not going to have the same responses. <laughs> so. it, that's very well put because um, you can't, there are a lot of times where I see couples and or moms will talk to me and they're like, oh, he didn't feel this way and he didn't feel that way and i just think to myself well he's feeling what he's feeling you can't make people feel what they feel philip and i never argue like we'll have tiffs but if we if we do have something that's more heightened we do understand that i am your you know like very expressive american right and i say it like it is and it all comes shooting out and i just i just lay it all out there and phil is just so calm that sometimes I'll just say to him, you know, can you just explode a little bit? And he's like, no, I, you know, this is just who I am. And I realized that years ago that you people just are what they are. It was really great because when we first got married, we didn't know each other, obviously, because we only saw each other 46 days. The rest of it was just on the phone. We did not know each other. So when we got married, we said to each other, well, we're going to learn how, well, first of all, it's different. It's not even much different cultures, but you're still coming from a different, you know, country. We would make this you. And it's just, it was just like this sign that when something you didn't like or know, we would just stop everything and just make a you. And it was just a way to break a, break a brain pattern where something can feel heightened. If you're uncomfortable with something, sometimes couples can get into a tiff about something, but usually it's because of discomfort. People usually have an argument because the one person doesn't feel that they're listened to or understood. But if you don't know each other and all of a sudden you're living together, right? And you're married and you didn't have like a long engagement or, you know, you dated in high school or college or whatever. You're just like, wow, you're really cute. Let's walk down the aisle. Okay. <laughs> and that's what we basically did. Amazing. And, and so what we did was when something we didn't understand it or felt, you know, like, oh my God, you don't understand it. We just put it, this you. We just in could front take of us our finger in the air and, and just, just make, make a you. You like, guys are great yeah. with symbols naturally carnivals, well, yous. Oh, we are. Oh, we are. <laughs> the, the, you, the you was to symbolize learning curve. Learning curve. Learning that was curve it, right? The learning curve. Yeah, it was so long ago. I didn't remember what that was. That's it was, great. It was, you. it was the learning curve. That's right. It was the curve. And then um, years later, we took this 
our, our church had a marriage course and they had it every, oh, I think it was like every six months and it was for three Thursday nights and you got a dinner with Din- it. Dinner and a date. It was dinner and a date and it was this marriage course. And they and kept it was, asking us to do it. And we said, they kept we don't, asking we don't us, need like, to we do don't it. need it. We don't but need it. They had an empty spot and they said, we need to fill the room. So we said, okay, we'll Otherwise do, they we'll won't have to support it. church. Right. And so, and I said to Phil, I'm like, they give you dinner. So, <laughs> and the, the, the youth in the, church they serve you and it's like this whole big deal and i'm like oh god everybody's going through this i said we don't need it but when there was food i was like you know it's a thursday night we don't have to cook we get to dress up we just have to listen to blah 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 so we thought so they give you this (laughs) book and they have like a speaker come in for each of the thursdays it was three or four thursdays then you go through the book and you fill out this these these work sheets right Oh my God. We would just look and we're like, oh, blah, blah. I mean, it really was blah, blah for us because we just understood everything in it already. And we understood each other. And we understood each other. We didn't need the course. I really did go for dinner. So there was one thing that we got out of that course and it was the breaking of the brain pattern, which I talked about earlier, which I already knew that from when I was a psych major in, in university, right? So I saw that there, but I said to Phil, you know, why don't we use that? We're not using the U for the learning curve anymore. My God, we've been married we've, we've, 15 we've years. About each other now. What else can we use? So um, one day we were getting a little snarly about something in the kitchen. and Always something insignificant. It was never, something never, never stupid any, as usual. Nothing, it's always stupid. Yeah, it's like, oh, you put the pepper people. in the wrong part of the yeah, lazy people being, Susan. People just being stressed and tired yeah. from work. You can get niggly with each other. Right, so then he picked up the drainer the strainer thing the colander yeah that and he just picked it up and i'm like what are you doing and he goes i'm breaking our brain pattern right now and i'm like i still don't know where the pepper went but when he held it up it just stopped everything so then we were asked (laughs) right because it it just it it does it it breaks breaks everything and then also you you know laugh or you just look at each other you're like put the colander down but anyway so then they asked us as a couple to come up in front of the church, I think 800 congregants. So there's the church is always full and they asked us to go to each of the, the hours. Yeah, the, the nine o'clock was early for me. I'm not a morning person, but we did the nine, the 1030 and the six o'clock. And we brought in our colander and we said, <laughs> the only thing we learned in this class is this. And we held up the colander. Well, how, <laughs> how, like, how it was presented that Bianca would be talking and I'm standing there with the colander. And yeah. she's talking, I would just hold it up and she would stop. Yeah. And then the congregation <laughs> looked at and said, What's going on? And I would put the colander down and yeah. she'd carry on talking. And then I put it up and she would stop. And everyone went, Ah, it's a signal. It's a signal. And everyone to this day, I can tell you now, because we've been there for like, 15, 18 years. No one remembers anything about that class, but when we went up with the colander. And that was was the only thing that we ever did to like, you know, try to force ourselves to learn something, but we threw the book away. And as a matter of fact, the pastor who married us, he gave us a book on how to love each other and he got divorced. So (laughs) we just threw that book away too. You just have to be who you are and understand each other. Hey, if you like this episode, please tune in to episode three of The Open Esters, Three Couples and Their Passions, and of course, also, episode number 15, Open for Business in Tuscany.
I mean, he's a great guy. Well, we're, we're, but and come, come back it. to come back to those people that you are, just by breaking that brain that brain pattern. And I love that example. Thank you for that story. It was adorable. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're so well connected. Yeah. Um, it was just a few years into our marriage, and we're in bed one night. We're both fast asleep, and I was having a dream that I was telling Bianca a joke. And all of a sudden, I was woken by Bianca laughing. Yeah. And I turned to her and I said, "What are you laughing at?" And she said, "That joke you just told me." And that's that's. A Ooh, true story. Wow. It was the joke. It was, it was weird. It was the same joke. <gasps> it was the same joke. It was the same punchline. Yeah. It was and the number of times mind that, to mind. You know, we, we go out some days, it's the weekend, and like, okay, I've got some errands to run, she's got some errands to run, and we go off in different directions. Yeah. For then, a whole day. And then all of a sudden, we call each other on the phone, okay, I'm heading home now. Okay, I'm heading home. I'll see you in about half an hour. And then I come up one highway, and yeah. Bianca comes down another route, and we jump onto the, to this parkway that we come on the number of times that we have contact parkway at the same at the time same one time. car behind the other or she's on the highway and as she's coming down the highway i come on the on-ramp and he crosses and I, it i look to see if i've got clearance and it's being in the car yeah it happens it's, all it's the time weird. and what's really weird is that when philip was in san diego years before we even met i was in san diego and when he was in philadelphia I was in Philadelphia. Now he at the zoo. Now he is from England, right? And when he was at, he, you were somewhere in England when I was in England in the same town. Like there the, is the this village, movie. The village I lived in when, the you, village. when you went. That's right. When you met. Well, your, your souls were, right. were oh, you chasing were definitely each other. Destined. Yes. Oh, look at this soul story. <laughs> what's, what's the, well, when I came over for for um, Christmas, what was the play? Broadway? Oh. Aida, 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 Aida. If you've ever seen Aida, it's a story about these two separated souls in Egyptian times that get get um, entombed in, in separate pyramids. Ugh. And centuries later, they're at a show and they walk around one corner, one walks over the corner, and they just know. And we sat watching that play, and we just said, "My God, that that's it's us. us. That's wow. us. Yeah, that's it us. Is, it is quite uncanny. Yeah, yeah. uncanny." They actually tuned together, but the whole thing was scary about that. But yeah, so, so the moment I met him, I just knew it was weird. I just saw him and we hugged, which well, is that's, not that's, an English that's, thing. That's, the, that's one of the most interesting things that being English, we're very shy and reserved. We don't do more than shake a hand uh, until you get to know somebody really well. Right. And my friend knocked on, it was 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. My, there was a knock on the door. I, I didn't want to answer the door because I thought it was 10 o'clock on a Sunday. A lot of friends have been always popping around unannounced. It was uh, Father's Day. Because uh, because of my late wife. They would just want to make sure I was okay. Mm -hmm. And so I peeked through the curtains and I saw it was my friend's car. And interestingly, my late wife had sold her car to my friend. And it was my late wife's car brought Bianca with my friend to my front door. I looked out the window, saw it with my friend, who I knew was nine and a half months pregnant. I thought, oh, maybe she's need something so I opened the door and she said oh this is my friend Bianca like that I've been saying I, you should meet she stepped out of the way Bianca stepped into the house I put my arms around her and hugged her for the longest time as if, as if to so say nice. welcome home wow. and I'd never seen her in my life yeah I'd, ever I'd never spoken to Bianca I'd never seen her she walked in I put my arms around her and just held her I and felt the same way and I was like oh my god my, there he is. my friend was looking at the two of us going what's going on no but she knew she said i wanted to set you guys up for a long time so then when we got into the car i wasn't even in the car yet i was opening up the door and she was getting in the car and i talked to her over the roof you know with both of us holding the doors open before we got in and i said he's the one and she said i know and so, and you were just a tourist at that time yeah 
Me? Yeah. yeah. I was, yeah, I was staying with my friend and uh, I was waiting for the baby to be born. I'm the but godmother. Dan was also baby. flying back to America yeah. the next day. Yeah. So if I'd have said to myself, eh, don't look out the curtain, don't answer the door, yeah. we wouldn't be here now. The thin thread. Yeah, yeah. that, that thin was. Thread. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then, so, so fast forward to, again, to my, my question. I mean, yeah. your daughter is about to, um, two years away from leaving. Oh. Yeah, and how does that feel like uh, being? That's going to be rough. Well, without kids, I mean, it's it. You see that it's going to be a, a, a sort of a crisis, or it's going to be providing an opening are there for you guys. Are there, are there things that you it'll are? Be a disaster. Disaster. Are there things that you can that you can start looking forward to? Is what's interesting yes. for us yes. to hear? I, I I do know what I'm going to do, and I've I've told Phil this before. So we've had our radio show. It's um. It's been 10 years. And what I'd like to do is to continue the radio show. We had to put it on pause for two years while Philip went through extreme cancer treatment. He looks phenomenal. We are so happy and so proud of him. And uh, just the way it started when I said, we're going to do a parenting show. And he was like, I don't do anything with the radio. He said, I've never done that before. And I'm like, I'm not a single parent. So it's a parenting show. That means both of us. So uh, that's what we're going to do in three years. We're going to uh, continue the program. I'm going to continue the blog. And there have been three books that I've been uh, writing for like the last 20 years. They're on a shelf. I would love to get those out. When the kids, I mean, I know that a lot of people say I live for my kids. I do live for my kids. I, I do look at the stages too. I only have my kids these 18 years and they go off now with our son. Okay. 26 years. And hopefully with our daughter, she'll come back for a while too. But the thing is at some point we are on our own and I would like to get the books finished. And one of the main things I would love to do is finish organizing my computer because years ago um, I needed to change my hard drive and I never was able to organize the, the picture. I have 500,000 files on my, on my computer. 500,000? 500,000. They are yeah. all organized. They are all um, in categories. They're all in folders, this and that. But my goal is to delete half of them that I do not need. So that is something that I look really forward to doing. Plus putting out the books I want to put out. There are three of them. One is a children's series that's really important to me and has been important to me for the last 18 years when I wrote it. And to do the radio show. That's me. What are you doing? You're doing all that with me. So I'll that's do, what we're doing. Just, as I'm, <laughs> you're coming along for the road. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> So the, the 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 real takeaway that I'd like to just emphasize is that you guys have figured out your dance and you and you'll have a new space to create something new as you have because you've been so intent on supporting each other through this. I mean, when you get through this tough stuff, it seems to me that all the other stuff's going to be just, you know, mu it's much more than icing on the cake. Yeah. It'll be the cake. So yeah. you you have the cake. And and I just want to really thank you because I think that situation of of going through the hardship together and then finding which is why I think Philip's thriving ways to create more intimacy, communication and connection even during the tough times 
is what the doctors are now amazed at your recovery. And I, and I think, we, yeah, I, you know, yeah. why don't you just I, say something like that as we close? What, what, what are you excited about because of now how you've come together with through this? Well, I, I think for me, most certainly, and I think Bianca will echo this, that uh, we've been very close since the day that we met. Um, but, you know, we, we have, uh, I had a, a job to do. So I was out of the house nine to five. I traveled the whole, the whole country. Sometimes I was away for a week here and a week there. Um, and then COVID happened and we went into shutdown. Uh, the company I, I was with furloughed um, a third of their staff uh, in March. And then three months later, they terminated a third of their staff. I was one of them. I was actually their first employee 11 years ago when they launched the company. And I took the company through a 937% increase in revenues in three years wow. and did all these kind of things. And I was in kind of shock that, well, why am I being taken out? But I was also very well compensated. That's why I was taken out. But we spent from March till now in each other's company, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we love COVID. it. And we love it. Yeah, and we've I actually, love it. And we've actually got to a point where um, over the Christmas break, I said, okay, that's, that's it. I'm, I'm not going back to work. Mm -hmm. We're just we're in each other's company, and we feed we off it. each other. We love each other. We start um, a magazine and be in the same office together, and people are like, "Ugh, how can you sit in the same room with each other and then go home?" And I'm like, "I love it. I can't get enough of Philip. I just love being yeah, in the we, same we, room." We had some friends a few years ago. He was uh, very successful and decided to retire, and his wife turned to be anxious. So, oh my God, what am I going to do when he's at home? I, I have know. to go shopping. I have to get my nails done. I have to meet my girlfriend. Ew. So we're just. Like, you don't want him home? And she's like, oh, it's the worst thing. Well, Tessa, not get along. Tessa and I are the same way, in a way, uh, that we love to work with each other and we still have to, you know, be at home at the same time. So I understand that very much, right? And there's another aspect of it, which everyone, every other couple that we can interview will have another uh, an expertise we've heard that we also can need space. And I like to refer to the fact that if you have different passions and you don't have that kind of in need for continual connection, it's also important to give each other space and for each other's passions and to really create what you want in your life as an individual also. So you know what, that you don't know what's ahead for you once you have a lot more time and space yeah. from kids. Yeah. And I do hope that for together, you'll find everything you want and also for each other and for the things that define you as individuals. So yeah. I really am excited to just have yeah. had and, this And it's time. good that you have this yeah. uh, project that to do once the daughter leaves the house, and that's a good thing oh, because, yeah. because that yeah. will keep you busy, and then it's uh, something that you can have the time to do. So that's yes. good. Yes, very that's excited great. about it. And Philip's been a publisher for 34 years, so uh, for me to get my books done and ready, he knows exactly what to do, what the steps are, how to launch them. And so I'm very excited about it because the only reason why they've been on the shelf for 18 years is because I did drop everything for my kids. And I love exactly. raising kids. I can't wait to, like, if I could have had eight kids, I would have had eight kids. I mean, I just love to have kids around me. When my kids were growing up, right. this was the house to be at. We did give up the dining room to make it into a gorgeous playroom and have over everybody every single day. <laughs> there wasn't for a 10 year period where we didn't have children in the house. Mm -hmm. So seriously, I have been thinking about, oh my God, what am I going to do in two years? Because it is playing on my mind that all these kids, they're not going to be here. And it makes me sad, but I have things that I stopped 
20 years ago, 18 years ago, and I had them. So they will just be rekindled because they are darn good stories. They just time for Bianca. Yeah, time for and, Bianca. Yeah, and cleaning yeah. out my computer. Right. That's the goal. Fabulous. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this time with you, you guys. Really, and I'm, I wish you only health and success and continued wonderful intimacy. And thank, thank you. you for being such a great example. Thank you so thank much you. for having thank us you. on. Really appreciate it. And thank good, you. And good night, guys. Good night. Wow. Not only did they overcome the big C and not just overcome it, still in the, in the process of of watching and caring, and yet they have this unique, yeah. beautiful connection and togetherness that you don't see too often, right, Amir? Right. Well, you see, what, what I come up with this thing, and I'm, and I'm listening to it over and over, there's a reality check here. And the reality check is that we are trying to talk about, in the Open Esther podcast, about the fun in the great life that awaits the couple after the kids have gone to school. And you know what? It's not just all lollipops and sunshine and rainbows. They had to overcome a lot of stuff. And the reality of it is that they did it. They were able to overcome it. In such, in such a together way. And you do want, I think challenges will bring you either apart or together and the things that I've noticed with couples along the way in partnerships. And yet we've always you know, been able to, as we grow, and in one of our episodes, we talk about negotiating space, I think episode four, that we like to give each other more space than definitely hear from them. They're very unique in in being able to do it together yeah. all the time. Look, couples are different. Everybody is different. Everybody has different needs. And they do not need to be away from each other. They need to be together. Their good life is together and they don't have to have space. Uh, and away so from open, each other. open about honest and how they yeah. communicate and, so beautifully. And something else that there is to take away from that. Look, everybody waits for the kids to go to outside the house so they can have their own life. These people really miss their kids to the point where they left the room of the child, of the older child, untouched for, for at least a year. And, you know, we also did that in a way. I mean, we have our kids' rooms, and we still call it this 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 room and this room, and they have done it so, and they missed it, and they don't really know how they're going to cope with when the daughter is going to leave the house. So, you know, it, it is a reality. It's a very, very raw uh, and, and, and genuine interview with people that really poured their heart and told you exactly how it is. And I really liked it. I was very emotional about it. Very touching, and and the and the real and the real beauty of the way life is is that we hold in our hands sadness and joy at the same time, and you could hear the joy and laughter in them. So that's what I hope we can all take from this: is that we hold all of those emotions and we go forward with uncertainty. Yeah, but she also looking forward to have some time for Bianca. She wants to have her own life, taking care of herself after the kids, uh, both of them, have left the house. So yes, there is something to look forward to in Act 3, and certainly they have uh, done that, and they're looking forward to it. doesn't mean that the transition is not has not been painful for them uh, and full of reflections, I should say. So I'm happy that we're able to bring in the Open Nesters podcast some other type of 
emotions, some other type of couples. The real reality. Yeah, I mean, about. I mean, we all saw our sandwich generation. So we're going to have some interviews coming up talking about grief and handling grief. And I, you know, we want to tackle all the areas. So if you have suggestions or or interest of the kind of stories you would like to tell, or you know someone who has a really poignant story, please make sure to get into our on our website and make a comment and tell us about that. This is all about uh, Act Three, wherever it is, raw. Sometimes sad, sometimes happy. Uh, we want it all. So please go to our website, theopennesters.com. That's theopennesters, double N in the middle, S at the end, dot com. And leave us a comment. Tell us about what you think about our episodes. There's a survey to fill in. We'd like to hear from you, what kind of episode you like to hear. And of course, there is just a, a Facebook, no? Well, we have a closed private Facebook page, and we always love your in- input for discussions and your insights. So just go to the Open Nesters and ask to join the Facebook page. And also look out for this week or next. We'll be putting up a Tessa tab on our website because oh, yeah. we're going to be showing how okay, the kind of work that. <laughs> that I do, that I do love to do to help people in this Act 3 to be Open Nesters more fully with all their emotions. Fantastic. So don't forget to visit that Tessa tab on theopennesters.com. Until then, this is Amir. And this is Tessa. And we will see you on the radio. Ciao.